Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the What's Up APS podcast. I'm your host, Frank Bellavia with School and Community Relations. It's been a while since we've chatted. It's been a busy school year so far, but here we are with our new latest episode in uh, 2020, our first one. And we're doing our new principles uh, series that we've done the last couple of years. And this time we're featuring David Horak with Abingdon Elementary School, Jessica De Silva with uh, Long Branch Elementary School, and Francis Leganoir from Fleet elementary school and we're here at long branch so i want to welcome all of you and thank you jessica for hosting us uh today of course so as i said we we do this new principles podcast series every year we um uh talk to the new principals how their um how their year is going so far and just to get to know the new principal so the community can know um who are at the helm of our of our schools um so since Jessica, you're hosting us today. I'll start right away with you. Just let us get to know you a little bit. Talk about your your background, where you're from, college, family, things like that. Oh, I grew up in Fairfax County, Virginia, so just down the street, not too far from here. Um, went to college. I started off at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York, on a Division One basketball scholarship, and then moved to Mary Washington College down in Fredericksburg, and finished up there. <clears throat> and then I moved to Japan and taught English for two years to Japanese middle school students and elementary school students, and came back and started working in Fairfax County. I started as a fifth grade teacher, then moved to teaching sixth grade math, seventh grade math, eighth grade math. Then I became a math coach and then I became an administrator in Fairfax County. And then this is my first year as principal in Arlington County. So I'm okay. excited to be here. Well, welcome. It seems like you've kind of been bouncing around uh, a lot the last uh, number of years. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's important to experience, have lots of different experiences. I've worked in uh, super wealthy schools. I've worked in Title I schools. I've worked in schools in the middle of the road. And just all of it has contributed to where I am today and the knowledge base that I have today. So I think it's important to move around and, and have different experiences. And um, okay. it makes you Japan? better. How was Japan? Yes. I was very tall in Japan. I'm very tall here. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone could see me coming from a long way away. <laughs> um, it was great. I had a great time. I was there for two years. I did the JET program. And... Um, I went in, so in Japan, I was there in 2002, 2004, so foreigners couldn't be the sole teacher in the classroom, so I was always the assistant teacher, but because I had my education background, a lot of the teachers would defer to me to kind of lead the class, and uh, I did a lot of traveling. Um, I've actually been to all seven continents. Um, I learned a lot of... I studied Japanese in high school at Lake Braddock, and so I wanted to continue um, learning a second language. I didn't want to be someone who didn't know a second language, and so... It was really, it was really interesting. It was interesting to see what education looks like in different countries, and because I had that education background, that interest in getting to know people, and you know, through my travels, that's always something that I talk about is with people is you know, what's education like here, and how do you guys do this, and how do you do that, and I just, I love talking to people and getting to know their stories, and I think that that helps me make decisions and and choose paths that maybe work for more people than just work for a few. I thought you were going to open up with a konnichiwa. Oh, konnichiwa. Genki desu ka? I'm now going to turn hosting duties over to Francis, and he can take over for the I rest know, of the podcast. I know, he's really good. And he has a radio voice, too. Just like, tell me about Japan. Um, Francis, we'll, we'll go to you next. Talk about your background, and I know you've been in Arlington for a while. Um, born and bred New Yorker. Uh, my family, I'm actually the son of immigrants. My family's from Haiti. Uh, spent some, loved New York. Went to SUNY Albany, played football at SUNY Albany. Uh, 
moved to Detroit, went to Michigan. And then finally in, in Michigan, you, you kind of get over the cold. <laughs> um, there's nothing like waking up with the uh, weatherman giving you a joke of it's a balmy zero outside to make you decide that uh, balmy the north zero has huh? to go. So I moved south to Atlanta where I spent uh, 12 years as a teacher. Um, worked at a number. Worked as a high school social studies teacher and a number of, um, I guess you could say, Title One. I never thought of them as Title One until I became an administrator. It was just a school that you're working at. Um, worked there. Then I became a. Um, for in this district, I would call it a social studies uh, instructional lead mm-hmm. for the county. Um, working with high school teachers on our SOL prep classes and not our prep classes, but our SOL classes and increasing our our passing rate there. Um, received my doctorate at the University of West Georgia and uh, had the joy of, you know, meeting the mother of my two children and then deciding to move back to Virginia a little bit move no not back to Virginia for me but move to Virginia so that just a little bit closer to family in New York City um I started here at Wakefield uh, oh wow it has been a while 2012 so time has flown started mm-hmm. at Wakefield as assistant principal um then moved to Tuckahoe um so that was kind of a sharp contrast yeah, from high school to elementary. High school to elementary. It was, it was my, I guess you would say, first real experience in the elementary uh, classroom and just getting to understand the differences between high school and elementary. And uh, have the proud duty now to be the principal of uh, Alice West Fleet. Mm-hmm. And experience balmy 70-degree winters. <laughs> balmy 70. I did look at Michigan a couple of days ago. It was, it was seven. Oh, too cold. 70, 71 week for the next week, you know? But when we do have those, you know, polar vortexes that come down, at least you know how to, to dress for it, right? I know how to dress for it. And actually, I uh, talked to a few friends of mine who were there during the uh, polar vortex. And I asked them, they said, there's nothing like sitting in the house for five days. Uh, they didn't even attempt to go outside. Mm. So, well, Stuff. Southern California boy, I don't, I don't need any of that cold stuff. This is, this is about as cold as I can take. Yeah, oh. school doesn't close up there. Uh, when did they close school? It had to pass minus thirty five. <laughs> snow is not an option. You always go to school. It was the temperature minus thirty five. They felt the kids were. It was a little too cold for the kids. Just a little. It's a little. It's a little too cold. Um, so David, let's talk about your background, where you're from, and I know you're also from Fairfax County. Yeah, um, well, I um, uh, I was actually born in Texas, and my, my father was in the army, um, and then um, but I spent most of my life uh, in Prince William County. That's where I graduated from, um, and then um, I went to um, a better Midwestern university in the University of Notre Dame. So, um, unfortunately, a football game didn't go quite so well this year. Wolverine. <laughs> um, <laughs> And um, I will say, in, in, ter- in terms of the weather, I will say that I have never, w- I never want to hear the term lake effect snow ever again in my life. Um, so uh, um, I, I remember the first day in, in South Bend, um, uh, winter semester, my freshman year, I think the high that day was two. And, and there was like three feet of snow on the ground. And, and I thank goodness I had a big jacket. So um, <clears throat> after college, I went, I, I actually did my grad um, 
through Notre Dame through a, a program called Alliance for Catholic Education. So similar to a Teach for America program, I spent two years teaching in Mississippi, in Biloxi, Mississippi, which I loved, um, the wonderful area. Um, and then I came back to this area um, and I taught um, middle school social studies. Um, and then I became a um, equivalent of the RTG, resource teacher for the gifted, but um, they called it advanced academic resource teacher. And then I was an IB coordinator um, before I became an assistant principal. Um, and I was assistant principal at two elementary schools before, um, before uh, you know, I joined the Abingdon community. Um, and then, um, you know, kind of integral part of my story is um, I met my wife at the very first teacher training I ever took in Fairfax County. So she was leading the training. Um, and it was her first training ever as well. So definitely love at first sight um, for because we're all new to our roles. And all of a sudden I walk in and met the instructor and been with her ever since. So, um, and she's also, um, in education, obviously she also has her PhD in gifted education. So, so we will have very enthralling slash boring conversations about gifted education over the dinner table. We've literally created the handbook of gifted education for Fairfax County at the dinner table, at least pieces of it. Um, so, so that's, so that's my background. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so, you know, we, two of you have started, um, become principals of established schools but francis you have a unique start to the school year your your school moved and has a new building and a new name you were uh fleet was formerly henry um just down the road and now um you're in a new building with a new name and how's that experience gone um to date you know, uh, I had the experience of working at Wakefield when we did the transition from old Wakefield to the new building. So I kind of understood the difficulty of the first year of a move. Um, I don't think people really understand just how difficult it is to open a new building or really just to experience it. Um, and we spoke about that early in the year uh, to the staff before the school year even started. I told them, this is probably going to be the hardest year of your professional career. And it has nothing to do with the curriculum. It has nothing to do with the student. It is getting used to just new everything. There's a new, you're doing a new traffic pattern. You're, it's a new dismissal routine. It's a new arrival. Everything is new. So it just becomes um, a little bit more difficult. And at the same time, when you are kind of moving into a new building, one of the biggest, I think, uh, funny things that we had to do, we had to name our, we had to give ourselves a name. We had no mascot. Mm -hmm. We had no mascot, no colors. We actually, our first t-shirt that we ever produced is, uh, it's black and white. It was the <laughs> most bland colors we could pick. So we couldn't uh, kind of, you know, prejudice anyone to any particular color. So it was it was a fun and unique opportunity for the community to be involved. Uh, we set up a community voting for our colors, for our our uh, mascot, and it was just exciting. And it was one of those things that um, I was excited to be a part of, and also to see that the Alice West Fleet family was so. Um, appreciative of the time and the thought that the staff took in just going about and honoring her in the building mm -hmm. so it's been a it's been a joy um but it comes with its kinks like anything new you get um 
there's some things you got to kind of work out. Mm -hmm. And um, Alice Flea, for those who don't know, is a um, former Arlington educator. And so she's um, has some historic um, place in, in, in Arlington. And that's why they chose to to rename the school after her. Um, the mascot that the um, community we are chose? The Falcons. The Falcons. The Fleet Falcons. And actually, uh, one of the great kind of not ironic, but just matchings in the universe or crossing of stars are the colors that we chose were the ones that Alice West Fleet uh, loved in life, which were crimson and white. So it just so happens that the community chose crimson and white. It was a nomination from her family. So they were even more ecstatic that another part of her exists in the building with the selection of our colors. Excellent. That's a great, that's that's a great story. That's cool. Um, Back to you, Jessica. Um, talk about the Long Branch community and, and how it's been for you for the last uh, few months since you got here. Oh, we've had a great time getting to know each other. Um, one of the really cool things about Long Branch, the Long Branch community is that a lot of the current parents were actually former students from Long Branch. And so they just have they really believe in in the branch and they really like they walk these halls when they were kids. And so. You know, they are they're just fun to talk to and listen to their stories. And, um, you know, we work together on lots of different things. And um, I've just I felt very welcomed by by the community. And, you know, I see them every morning outside and we see each other in the afternoons for pickup. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough to have lots of um opportunities to talk with them and it's just it's really cool to be in such an established school in an established neighborhood um, where people are so passionate about about their school that's a really that's a fun feeling to have and it's it's been really really I hate using the word fun again I've used it a bunch um it's been a pleasure to be here and I'm really I feel like I'm supposed to be here with them and we're on this journey together and um, I look forward to continue to work with them in the years to come David do you want to talk about your community and how it's been going for you at, at Abingdon uh, yeah um, so one thing I learned about Abingdon is um, people really really love the school um, it was um, the sense I got from the staff um, and the community was you know throughout the interview process and then my first few months of getting to know is is how much how invested people are in 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 the school um i've never met a staff so many people on staff that that live within walking distance um there's a number of staff members that that live in that fairlington neighborhood or very very close and so i think that's a that's a nice compliment to to uh, to the larger community of we have staff members who have children in the building and so that's such a compliment to say you know what i trust everyone else in this building to take care of my own children um and and that's something that you know i said <clears throat> during my interviews of i want to go to a school that it's in my own children too and like kind of build that school that you know i would sort of like the idealized school of what i'd want to send my my, mm-hmm. my daughter and my son to and and so there's a lot of staff members kind of living that living that at the moment of you know what like it, oh, oh you look just like um miss so-and-so i'm like oh yeah that's my that's you know like so i've had a couple of those moments I'm like oh yeah of course that's that's who that is and so you know and, it, and like i remember labor day we had our picnic um and so pta had you know of course it was me the new principal right and, and my family um but i remember how many people like literally were walked from their house with their um you know trays of whatever um and and that was kind of a neat experience to see how many people showed up on the day before school started um and 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 shaking hands and um um, you know, and kids are playing with my kids, and it was just kind of neat to see. 
the the Abington community, and I think probably too, for some extent, both of your community, all three communities, a lot of walkers mm-hmm. who who walk to school, and so mm-hmm. you see all those families out mm-hmm. uh, every day mm-hmm. bringing their kids to school. Yeah, we actually have like um, the gentleman that watches the bus loop for us keeps dog bones in his pockets to f- give all of the dogs that come with <laughs> the parents and the families walking them to school. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it really is a community here, mm-hmm. and I, mm-hmm. I love working in that in that kind of environment. <laughs> You have some similar stories about your community, Francis. It's been an honor to become a part of the fleet community. Um, we've had a we've established actually a new PTA, and our PTA has been excited about just starting new traditions here at Fleet. And some of the new things that we've done are just one of those many things. You know, when you say. David, that you have staff members who have students in the building, it's similar to our building. Um, it's it's a great thing when you see our staff members are within walking distance. We have a number of, of bikers. Um, and it's funny because I get to see our um, exemplary project teacher and um, our librarian every day. They're, they're biking to school. So, you know, they're five seconds down the road, so to speak. <laughs> Um, and it's just been a it's been a pleasure. I've been embraced by the community. I feel that we have a lot of things that we are excited about next year doing, especially around our sustainability. Mm-hmm. Um, the teachers and the community are excited about how we can kind of be the ground zero tour for Arlington and talking about how we can make Arlington a more sustainable community. So it's been exciting. Um, I feel like I'm using that same word that you that that, that just says. But I think try try the word fun. That might work for you. Well, I've I've gotten away from the word phenomenal. As my AP has told me to stop using phenomenal. Um, but that's just how it's been. It's it's been a joy, and it's been a it's it's been a ride of of joy that you get to be a part and join a, a such a strong, welcoming, and warm staff and community and get to grow with them. Um, have you talked to Aaron and Brian up at Williamsburg and Discovery about being on the same property together, um, two schools there, That how they their relationship goes so you guys can kind of mimic that with uh, Keisha at Jefferson? Well, I actually knew Keisha prior to moving to the property, so that was a, a, a welcome addition. And I had a chance to meet Keisha prior, uh, before the building opened when we walked the property and she kind of gave me a history of just the neighborhood and what to expect in terms, really it was a traffic com- conversation, but just <laughs> really about, but just everything and, and, and how uh, the neighborhood is embracing you here and just the opportunity that we have to be closer. We are, one of the things that we are looking to really start up between our both is she has an environmental club and we have one. Um, and the unique thing is many of the members of her environmental club w- attended Old Patrick Henry. So there's already a synergy mm-hmm. there. They're working together with one of our staff members. So we're looking to have like almost a, uh, a bigger footprint in terms of our environmental club. Oh, that's great. I know they have a the garden out back too. So yes, a lot of a lot of opportunities there. And we're going to be creating our own outdoor learning space that they're mm-hmm. going to have a chance to access throughout the school day. Mm-hmm. 
Um, want to ask you all three about the, your your visions for the school, and I know that um, all three are established schools um, have been around for a while and, and have a unique standing. We talked about being part of the community, but what are your visions for the school moving forward now that you've been in, in, in entrenched in the in the school for a little bit? Start with you, David. Um, yeah, so I, I think you know, like I, like I just kind of alluded to, you know, I I, I really want to create the school that. You know, I, I want to make, make sure that my decision making as a principal is informed um, partly by my experience as a father. Um, so, I have a fourth grader and a kindergartner, Emily and Matthew, and and um, you know, so what kind of school would I want them to be a part of? You know, and so what it comes down to is making sure that they love going to school, that they're excited for what they learn, um, that and that the teachers are. Um, you know, responding to their social emotional needs um, just as well as their academic needs. And so um, I think that's a huge piece of, of where I think all schools um, in, in the country need to, to move is how are we going to teach them really well? How are we going to teach them literacy? How are we going to teach them social studies or whatever else, but also make sure that they're really good citizens um, at the same time. And those two things would go really hand in hand. Um, you know, so, so for, for Abedin, you know, like making sure that we're, we're, they're coming in and the students are welcomed and that they, they're excited to learn, they're excited to be there. Um, you know, and the other thing is making sure that, that all of our students' you know, academic needs are met, um, you know, from, from the students that are struggling to the students who are, who are high flyers. Um, how are we making sure that the instruction continues for them and that they're, you know, at the end of the day, every student uh, at Abbey should be learning something every single day. Um, and so if we're doing that and if, and if they're, they're excited to come to school, I think we're doing our job well. Jessica? I'm not sure you left anything I'm sorry. Uh, for anyone else to say. Um, no, I agree. I, you know, I want to continue to my vision is that every kid will come to school and get exactly what they need, whether it's academic or social, emotional. Um, I definitely want kids excited coming to school, um, you know, just to continue that journey. I mean, I don't think there's any school in the country that can say that they're that they're there. I mean, I'm, I'd, so I want kids happy. I want them to feel safe. I want them to take risks. I want them to be collaborative. I want them to be you know, um, productive members of the workforce because that's who we're that's who we're raising, and we want to make sure mm-hmm. that kids are problem solvers and that they have those 21st century thinking skills and the ability to work with anyone, no matter how alike or how different they are. You know, those are things that are really important to us here, and and making sure that kids really know the 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 teachers really know the kids, and the kids feel safe that they have those trusted adults that they can they can confide in and they can have that relationship with. Um, you know, just continue to build the relationships between the school and the community and the staff and the community and the staff and the kids and the kids, you know, just mm-hmm. that whole network. Um, but yeah, I agree with everything that David said, uh, that I want that for my schools too, for any school, you know, the kids, the schools that my kids go to and the schools that I'm a part of and the communities that I'm a part of. Thank Francis. you. And with that, just took the <laughs> remaining part. <laughs> so we could say ditto. Um, no, I, we, you know, I, I echo the same sentiments that Jess and David said and with regards to what the vision of my school is. I want my students to come in excited each and every day um, about the opportunities that they're getting for learning. I want uh, a staff that is excited coming into the building, knowing that they're being supported and that their their vision for how Fleet is going to go forward is a part of the overall vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that's important that teachers have an understanding and a knowledge that they're, what they're saying and what they're thinking is a part of my overall vision. Um, 
you know, we are the second zero carbon footprint school in Arlington County, and our biggest mission is to really educate our children about what that means and how they can reduce their own carbon footprint in the world. So when they leave, we have already in our building and, and we speak to our children and we echo Alice Westfleet's motto, let nothing and no one stop you. Um, that's a, a vision for that I would like to impart upon them is that there should be nothing that stops you. It does not matter quote unquote what label you are in society mm -hmm. nothing you know, the dreams that you have going forward do not allow anyone to stop you um, it's just so telling that we lost what is considered uh, you know a basketball legend in Kobe Bryant recently but one of his I guess the lasting legacy he would have is the quote unquote mamba mentality which is that hard-pressed mental you know uh, strength and fortitude to push forward and to achieve your dreams and to dedicate and hard work and if you really truly look at your students that's the kind of thought process you would like for them is that they understand that it takes hard work to achieve greatness it doesn't come to you easily but that you don't have to allow anyone to you know crush your dreams let nothing and no one stop mm -hmm. you and you know at the end of the day i would hope that in 20 years or in 10 years your the new greta thornburg is coming from alice westfleet that they are pushing mm -hmm. forward with the climate change and talking to arlington and virginia and they're pushing for new legislation uh, because that's who we are and i want our children to understand that so when they walk out of our building not only are their academic and social needs met but they're looking to become these community activists and pushing for these these changes in our society to make it better because it's clearly we haven't mm -hmm. our our generation just hasn't done enough and i'm hoping that the children from our building are going to push the, the conversation forward mm. and, and you really see well that. said yeah <laughs> it's really well said and you see that a lot throughout throughout the schools all the, the different environmental projects that, that students do and take part in and 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 come up with themselves so that's starting to you're starting to see that with our students and um you're right hopefully that they're the ones that take us forward and help us with the with the, the environment um all three of you have come from the classroom at one point or another, uh, and now you're leading buildings. Do you guys miss being in the classroom? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What I will say is, so one thing I, I realized about Arlington is that, um, so third and fourth graders do swimming. So I didn't mention this, but I was, so we're all three of us are college athletes, which I did not know that until you two had said that. So I actually, I swam through college. Um, and so, you know, I put on my calendar for June are you to out there swimming with your guys. Not yet. Now I, I'm, oh, hopefully man. I'll get there soon. But, but like, I was so excited. Like that's something that, you know, like as an administrator, I want to make sure I bring kind of my, you know, like things about me. I want kids to know that about me. So like, I really hope that in June I make my schedule work so I can get out and, and teach some, you know, like I love swimming. I love teaching. Boy, that's a that, that'd be a good mix. So it'd be a little, you know, it might be a little weird for kids to have their principal teaching and swimming, but <laughs> but that's sort of my deal. So 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 hopefully I can get that. Like, but but definitely classroom. There's 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 sometimes that would be really nice. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the best part of this job are the kids. I mean, they make coming to work so much fun. I mean, I've already I've taught math lessons this year. I've been in reading books to kids. Um, I try to get into the classroom as much as possible because I do I do miss being a part of that energy that's in the classroom. I hang out in the lunchroom a lot, <laughs> um, you know, because the kids the kids are they're why we're here. I mean, they are why we are here. And I think it's important to stay connected to that and to, to stay connected to why we come to work every day and who we're doing this work for. And, um, man, they can make me laugh. They say some really funny things. <laughs> no matter what kind of crazy day you're having, I mean, you just hang out with kids for about five minutes. You're like, all right, things are better. We're good. I'm happy again. <laughs> you know, I, I think the the... The one thing I've always said is you can be having the worst day. Walk into a kindergarten classroom five minutes later, it is the best day. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you are a rock star walking into a kindergarten classroom. Um, and you see true joy in learning. You know, a kindergarten classroom is the joy that you hope kids maintain throughout their career. I mean, we know it doesn't happen, but just that pure, everything is so fascinating, so mm -hmm. new to them. You know, they want to show you things that, you know, oh my gosh, let me show you how to write R. And I'm like, <laughs> let's do it. Um, but it's just the joy of learning to them. And, and, and it, it, it always picks up your spirit. And, and when you're in the cafeteria, you're wandering into classrooms and just, you know, asking them what, are, what, what was going on today? What are you doing? What are you learning? And the excitement they have. So when you're when you're an administrator, you know I don't think anyone comes into education saying, "Oh yeah, I'm going to be an administrator." I, you know that's the first <laughs> thing I can't wait to be. One. <laughs> you know we get into education because of the classroom, because of the joy of being a classroom teacher and the energy and just and seeing kids. You know, there's nothing. I always the, the most difficult thing for a teacher is you don't see your reward for years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when you do mm -hmm. see it, you go, that's why, I said, that's why I became a teacher. When that student comes back mm -hmm. or you see that student randomly and they're like, oh, my God. And you're <laughs> like, oh, my God. And you can remember them. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> but they remember you and they talk and you're like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on in your life? And they can tell you things and you're like, and they'll tell you things that you told them mm -hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. And you're mm -hmm. like, oh, I did say that. Okay. Mm -hmm. And they took it to heart. So I, I miss it every day. Yeah. Um, all of you had experience at different levels, middle school, high school, mm -hmm. elementary school. What are what are some of the, the biggest differences outside of age between the older kids and, and the younger kids? Height. <laughs> That's never Smell. been a problem for me at six foot two. Um, the biggest difference. I mean... Uh, <laughs> One of one of my one of the things I loved about teaching and still love about teaching is, is finding that passion and finding that joy and having the kids find it. So I don't think that's different between the different ages. I think it might look different, but I think that all kids still crave the excitement of learning. Mm -hmm. But I think like as the kids are younger, it's more of a physical excitement. Like they literally wear you out. Like I, I do not know how preschool and kindergarten and first grade and second grade teachers do it because they are physically excited about everything. And as they get older, I think their excitement becomes more internalized and it's maybe not as cool to show excitement, but they are still excited. So, I mean, kids are kids across the board. Um, they all want to learn. They all love learning. Um, it's just how you reach them and and. I don't I haven't seen it like I've taught middle school and I've taught elementary school and 
you know, it's just, it's the relationship is so important building that relationship between them. And that doesn't change no matter what age you are, even between adults, like the relationship is what's key. You know, people have asked, uh, because most of my experience was in high school, what is, what is the difference that you see? And I would, I would echo what Jess says. There's no difference. I, if anything, I think people forget how much high schoolers crave that trusted adult, mm-hmm. that person that they can talk to, that person they can sit down with. And it's not to say that their parents are not that person in their life, but they're looking for a different person, mm-hmm. someone who, you know, gets them, gets yeah. them yeah. or is not going to punish them, so to speak. Right. <laughs> um and they just want to talk. And it's the same thing you get in elementary school where kids just, they really want to just talk about what's going on. And, and they want to know that someone is there and is always looking out for them. And it's 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 similar. The only thing is, as you said, is height. They just go from, you know, they're at your ankles to, you know, you're looking up at them. Even you, Jess. Uh, not in elementary school. <laughs> Maybe in my middle school years. You talk about that trusted adult and it's really something that we're trying to do as a district mm-hmm. and one of our goal one of the goals in our strategic plan is to have a, everyone have one at least one trusted mm-hmm. adult at whatever grade level they're at mm-hmm. so that's mm-hmm. um it's interesting you say that oh can i interject something there i'm very proud of myself when we did that school-wide um i got one so I was so proud of myself as a new principal. I got one. So I got I mean, the the student first grade student even drew a picture of me with the tie on. So I thought I'm going to frame that because that is awesome. I just I, I, sh- I sh- kind of share that. I've shared that with um, Cynthia um, Johnson and a few other people. Like that made me feel really good as a new principal. So hey, my fifth grader did it in front of Miss Johnson. Oh, cool! Right, so I got credit in front of Miss Johnson. So hey, it was, yeah, I was, so, I was super you, excited. I didn't pay him either or give him extra recess. So I what, what people can't see in, in um, because this is on. Uh, there's no video in here is while David was saying that Jessica was was uh, smiling and pointing at herself <laughs> saying that she she had yeah. one too it's always good to to know that you are someone that someone that anyone can go to but especially the kids and in any school um, you know there's something really because you have to work hard and with middle school and high schoolers I think you have to work even harder um, to build that relationship with the kids but there's something really rewarding when a kid comes to you to celebrate something or they come to you because they're having a bad day and they just they just come to you and that's that's really rewarding that's that's when I know I'm doing I'm doing the right thing is when those kids come to me you know we have you said trusted adult and one of the programs that I was I was stunned and, and overjoyed to kind of identify that was at Fleet. Uh, we have a phenomenal counselor, Erin uh, Upton, and she leads our Shining Stars program. So it's students in the building who just need a mentor. And it's great because you get a chance to really just build a personal relationship with your mentee and you just talk with them and you have lunch with them. My mentee came up to me and said, when are we going to sit down for lunch this week? I said, you come any day you want to. I know your lunch period. I'll clear it off. And then he came um, and then we just sat down and he, the last time he got a cookie because I had an extra cookie. So he was looking around like, where's the cookie? <laughs> I was like, no cookies this time. He was like, eh, we could talk. <laughs> um, but it's great when you get a, just a chance to really just meet and talk to kids at their level and 
find out what truly does interest them. Mm-hmm. I have two fifth grade girls that uh, came up with the idea for me to have lunch with them and with all the fifth graders. And so they are literally in charge of my schedule. And they they come to me and they say, all right, Mr. Silva, when are you free? We go over the times and the days and then they create a list and they make little invitations to give to the kids. And um, so I'm, I'm working my way through meeting, sitting and having lunch with all the fifth graders. And then the fourth graders got wind of this. And they're like, that's not fair. So the fourth graders are starting uh, to put together schedules to sit with Miss Laguida, the assistant principal here at Long Branch. So um, it's just something that's fun, and we get to hang out with them. Yeah, we're gonna talk, I, I, I had it on my calendar yeah. that starting next week that we're gonna, I was going to be sitting with the fifth graders. Yeah, put kids in charge of it. Yeah, it's and, awesome. But we were going to have, you know, it was going to be a random lunch bunch uh, mm-hmm. every week to the end because we are a new school. I wanted the fifth graders to leave their mark, and mm-hmm. I wanted to ask them what their mark was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go and approach a couple of our... Uh, more organized fifth graders. I, I have it in my mind who they are, and I'm going to ask them, and I'm just going to tell them like, "Hey, I would love to kind of you guys to set the schedule." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like been it's been a really like some days. It's the best part of my day is to sit down with those those six to eight fifth graders. It's a lot of fun. We have a good time. So now, most of you've been doing this for five and a half, six months, being a principal. Um, what advice would you guys have for new principals coming up behind you at other schools? My first response is get your sleep. Um, but but in the, but that's the kind of snarky comment. But but re- in reality, you know, I think it's um, there's so much as a principal that is new um, and that that is hard. Um, and there's so much that's wonderful at the same time. Um, it's you have to make sure you schedule time to take care of yourself um, and your family um, because um, this is a job that I. I it could be completely overwhelming, um, especially I think in your first couple of years. So I think for, for me, um, and some, it's a reminder for me of scheduling time to take time for myself to th- do things I enjoy because that's going to make me a better principal when I'm back in the building. Uh, for me, I would say two things. One, find your support system. Um, definitely your your family at home. I have an amazing husband and two kids that definitely support me at home. But finding your support at school, it's important to know who you can trust to share with you when you're having a rough day because there are some rough days every now and then as a brand new administrator. Um, and the second thing is to ask for help. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. Like you're, you're not going to know it all. Uh, no one expects you to know it all. And people expect people want to help. And that's what's been amazing for me is just I ask for help and they come flocking. They're like, how what can we do? What can we do to help you? Like, just let us know. And that has been that's been an incredible joy that I did not realize was going to happen here. And I think that's one of the really cool things about Arlington is that we are such this smaller, close knit community that um, coming from a larger county just isn't possible to have people be so responsive. I think it helps them two minutes from SciFax and the central office for them to come over. But um, definitely that's part of that support. Mm-hmm. Um to not be afraid to ask for help and, and to know when to not look at your phone. And that's usually at least an hour before bedtime to not look at your email so that you can maybe try to get <laughs> to sleep at a normal time. <laughs> <laughs> and on the weekends, maybe don't look at it on Saturday. Um, if it's an emergency, people have your phone number and uh, maybe just give yourself a day away. I would definitely say pay attention to your family. Um, don't be afraid to disconnect and be with your family. 
Um, they're the ones who keep you grounded. They're the ones who support you. Um, a good day or a bad day. I know I've picked up my sons from school in the afternoon and my youngest is giving me a hug. He said, Dad, you look like you need a hug. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I didn't need that hug. That, that, that made me feel 10 times better. Um, if you have a family and you're a new principal, don't ignore them. You know, that time is short. You know, I always, uh, my uh, former uh, principal, Mitch Pascal, over at Tuckahoe, used to always say, you know, family time is short. He had two older children and a younger daughter, and he said, you'll be surprised how fast it goes. Um, and then he said, you, you really do need to take time for them. And I would advise, if you have family, take that time. You know, you can work after they go to bed. Uh, give that time over to them. And mm -hmm. professionally, yeah, you're not going to know it all. Um, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. Um, own up to the mistake. It's easier to own up and just say, hey, I made that mistake, than mm -hmm. try to figure a way around the mistake. Mm -hmm. Just own up to the mistake and know that the next time you'll be better. Mm -hmm. You know, tomorrow you'll be better than you were today. And don't be afraid of it. Mm. I know, Jessica, you mentioned uh, the help that you get mm -hmm. from from everybody. And I think that's out of the few years we've been doing this new principles series. Um, that's been a common theme among all the new principles is that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the text string that that you're in, included in and that everyone's texting back and forth. You could pick up the phone and call us. I think I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys have the same thing where you can just pick up a phone and call another mm -hmm. principal and say, Hey, I need help with this or I need yeah. help with that. These two gentlemen by my side maybe have received phone calls or texts <laughs> in the last few days, actually. <laughs> so, no. I um, ignore anything from Jessica. Oh no, that's not true. We were on the phone for a while the other day. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, it's just admitting that you're human. Like Francis was saying, like it's okay to make mistakes because you're going to um, just apologize and, and move on. I think one of the one of the things I read um, in the in the Tung Fu book was like the worst mistakes are the mistakes you don't learn from. Those are the only bad mistakes that exist. And um, I think just knowing people are human. I had a parent the other day tell me it's nice to know that you're human because of something that we were talking about. Because um, a lot of times I think people look at, at administrators and they think that they're these superhumans that are not emotional and they're not like connected. And I think it's important for people to see like the human side of you and to laugh. Um, that's another thing. It's, as a, <laughs> My advice is just to laugh. Um, have fun because... Um, it's gonna. It is hard. It's not. It's not easy. It's good to have a support system. It's good to have your family spend time with your family, hundred um, percent. But also, just have fun. I mean, you have to work hard, but you have to have fun at the same time. I know. Um, I want to um, appreciate some of your time that you have to get back to your buildings, stuff like that. But I do have one more question. We have a, a swimmer. Mm -hmm. We have a football player. We have a basketball player. Mm -hmm. But Jessica, you also played another <laughs> I sport. Did. Um, I did. <laughs> uh, you, were you a, a, a twirler in gymnastics? <laughs> no, no, I'm too tall for gymnastics. No, I played for the DC Divas, which is um, a woman's. When I played, they were a women's professional football team. I think they're still a professional team. Um, in the DC area, I played in 2002 before I moved to Japan. I was a tight end initially, and then they tried me at defensive end, and so I played both sides of the line for a few months. It was 
actually, it was really cool. They came out. We had an assembly uh, in December with the kids and they came out and they talked about, um, you know, pursuing your dreams and how to balance your priorities. And then they did some drills with the kids, some light exercises with the kids. Um, I think it's really important for, again, going back to what Francis was saying, like, let nothing stop you. When you think about people, women playing football, that's not when you hear about a football player, you don't ever think in your head that looks like a female. And so I think it's um, it's a lot of fun. I keep my helmet in my office, actually. I was going to say, um, I, I need to see a picture. Yes, yeah. no, no, I have no, a picture. <laughs> I have evidence, I promise. Um, but you have to you have are to you, Google my you, former name, which is Bergner. I'm not under Jessica you, De Silva. Is your jersey up for retirement? Oh, no, it's not. I didn't play long enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. So I do have... Um, I did have a lot of fun doing that, and I do like doing things that challenge the norm um, when it comes to choices I've made in the past. You know, living in Japan for two years when you're six foot two is is a little bit different. Um, traveling the world, you know, my husband's Brazilian. We, my kids speak Portuguese at home, and I try to teach them some Japanese too. Um, you know, I think it's just it's important to have interests outside of work, and that was something that I'm. Even though I played basketball my whole life, I was a swimmer initially, but then I moved to basketball. I'm most known for football, <laughs> which is <laughs> interesting because I only played for a few months before I moved to Japan. Um, but I was on the radio. I had newspaper articles written about me. So um, there is evidence. I will show you, Francis. <laughs> I promise. Okay. Well, great. I want to um, thank all, all three of you for, for taking time out of your day to uh, to join us and, and, and talk about your careers and, and your background. And Jessica, thank you for hosting. Um, I will try to get pictures to post of, of, of your your time as a a diva football player (laughs) (laughs) Um, again thanks everybody for listening uh, to the what's up APS podcast you can find us on Apple podcasts Google Play Stitcher tune in wherever you get your podcasts Uh, if you have a topic for a future episode um, send us an email at APSnews at APSVA.us and the next episode we come out with will be a little different, um, something changing in the works. So you'll you'll see that the next time um, we we download an episode for you. So again, thanks for listening to the What's Up APS podcast, and have a great day.